Hey, happy Tuesday. Hope you all are doing well. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of the Five Tool Baseball Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. We're up to episode 67. Uh, 67, man, they're, they are flying by. I, I feel like we're, we're kind of like in the 30s, but we're already up to 67. And who knows, after the summer, we might be pushing up on 100. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, and before I forget, too, uh, you need to follow. We've got some uh, some big breaking news here. Oh, yeah. The Five Tool Podcast has its own Twitter page, at Five Tool Pod. It's got a really slick-looking logo on there. You can hit that follow button there. Uh, we're going to kind of be ramping up a little bit with uh, just doing some fun things with the podcast and how we share it and, and maybe some clips and, and, and things like that um kind of highlight especially when we talk about teams and players and, and interview have interviews and things like that um highlight that and you can also follow it on instagram as well which i believe is the same exact name yep five, at five tool pod on instagram as well um and of course on youtube too so you can tune in and see uh drew's outstanding artwork again that i am jealous of um you can't hear the artwork. You have to see the artwork, which makes makes you uh, want to tune into YouTube or onto Instagram or when we cut these clips as well. So uh, make sure you're following those. Uh, if you're a big fan of the podcast, it's just another way to uh, stay up to date with what's going on. Maybe see some clips, especially when we start getting back into the big interview um, interview segments and podcasts and things like that, which we kind of do in the off season with the coaches. Um, the players and stuff like that. So uh, shout out to to our team for uh, hooking us up with that and uh, getting that going as we uh, we almost turn the page here from the end of the high school season and get to the summer, but we're not quite there yet. There's still some uh, some playoff baseball going on. Um, we were at games again this this uh, this past weekend um, as things are kind of narrowing down. Just four teams left in each region. Um, the, the matchups are even more fascinating now because now you get people from like get teams from all sorts of different areas. Uh, you do get some teams that are, that are kind of familiar with each other, but you also get some situations where you have like a rock wall playing the woodlands, um, you know, a North Houston team um, playing a Dallas team, Rockwall Heath playing Oak Ridge, kind of the same situation there. Uh, but then you've got teams like South Lake Carroll playing Coppell, Keller playing Marcus, uh, some familiar faces there, Ridgepoint playing Pearland. Um, and so on and so forth. So, Drew, first off, how was your weekend? Uh, anything exciting besides the uh, the action you saw on the field? Uh, well, we went to the zoo again. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so got to feed the giraffes. Um, that was a big hit. Uh, monkeys are always a big hit. And then the dino safari is always a uh, must, must see for our little guy. So um, did that and... Other than that, it was all baseball. Dallas Zoo is good zoo. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice. Got some good food options, well priced. We have the we have a membership, so oh, that's um, right, which is a very good yeah, bang so, for the buck. Yeah, so we can take up to eight people with us for free. Um, which if anyone wants to go to the zoo, let us know. <laughs> um, we can meet you there. We'll go all the time. Um, but yeah, no, Koi loves it. Um, he's he's into the animals big time um not a fan of the yucky bugs um and the herpetarium with all the snakes and all that but yeah that's good taste cool you don't need to go in there and see the snakes nobody likes yeah. snakes yeah but had lunch uh we're literally like 
in the lion's den, I guess, if you want to call it. Okay. Uh, they have a little food, uh, food court. And like, you could literally like, you mean, touch the glass that the lions are like sleeping up against. So he enjoyed that, but they yeah, were, it sounds uh, like quite they the were, setting. It's like the rainforest cafe, but an actual like real yeah. living animals. I think it's called like the serengeti something so oh get yeah. some spaghetti Clever. serengeti or something like that <laughs> no it, it, <laughs> the the uh, options in that one were limited but you can at least see the lions so that's what we did for lunch yeah you're paying for the scenery there yeah um yeah jack is big into uh he calls them doodle bugs the little roller oh, yeah. bugs or whatever yeah. so yeah um we made the mistake of like putting one on him and having it crawl so now every time he sees one he wants to go oh, grab yeah. it and put it on there so especially since it's been raining over here a little bit recently this kind of pop up all the time and he comes out of the house in the morning and we can't get in the car until he looks for the doodle bugs yeah um, fun, fun fact when i was growing up all of my front yard imaginary teams were called the longhorn doodle bugs oh so, nice okay yeah yeah so yeah i gotta um, imagine it's one of the most popular things bugs or with kids is is the yeah. doodle bug roly poly whatever you call them so we had to tell them today hey there's they're not any out here at rain they must be asleep right now you know after kind of yeah. we don't find any he goes and hunts for other bugs um mm. as well so yeah zoo's great um yeah the the aquarium was was fun when jack went down there but um it's kind of it's it's cool to see like how they learn animals and all the sounds oh, yeah. and and stuff like he he's big into whenever he sees a frog, he lets out a big ribbit thing, but it's just yeah. like, you know, they, they see all the animals and stuff, but yeah. Uh, fun times with, with the kiddos as they're exploring and, and, and things like that. But um, getting back to the, to the goods here on the baseball side. Um, I went down to Brenham on Friday night. Um, I, I texted you that I think the entire city of Brenham was at fireman's park for that game. And, you know, Brenham's got a really rich baseball history. Uh, no you know, they just, I, I, they've got some, I think they have some insanely long playoff streak. Um, there was that time in the eighties where they won three straight state championships in the eighties. Um, and I think yeah. they won again in 2010. It's a really rich baseball history. And you could tell that the, the town of Brenham is, is a baseball town. I mean, they love no baseball. Even when I was there earlier, for a tournament, um, I believe in early March when Brennan was playing there, they were packing the thing then. Um, and even fans were just showing up to go watch the other games, even when Brennan wasn't playing. So um, I got to see Brennan and College Station play two teams that share the same district. So they're very, very familiar with each other. Um, and I, I went down to go see um, Rice signee Rylan Urbanzic or Urbanzic. 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 Yeah, Urbanzic. I don't know why I can't get that right. But um, big right-handed pitcher who's been throwing really, really well for College Station, and uh, a guy that was coming off of an elbow injury from last year, um, finished the season really strongly in the playoffs. I believe this was his third straight complete game that he threw um, against uh, against Brenham, and that Brenham lineup is really solid. Um, not it doesn't really have a ton of star power, but it's got a lot of guys that are just really competitive. Um, know how to hit um, Mason Lampke, who's going to uh, Angelina College. I believe he committed about a month ago. Uh, just a guy that hits the ball hard a lot. He's a senior. Um, Cade Warmke is going to Seminole State. Kind of the same thing. Just gets in the box. He's athletic. I mean, their whole lineup is just guys that really compete and can time fastballs. Um, Lane Sparks, the guy that we've talked about before. He's a junior center fielder for Brenham. 
he looks like a D1 caliber prospect. Um, right. Athletic, projectable. You know, Urbanzik changeup is his go-to pitch. And there's at times when it flashed like it could end up being a plus pitch. And he had a full confidence in throwing it against lefties and Sparks a left-handed hitter. Sparks saw five straight change-ups around 76 miles an hour. And then Urbanzik tried to beat him with 90 miles an hour, and he was ready. He lined it off the center field wall on the fly. Um, just a really impressive piece of hitting there to be able to time that fastball after seeing all those change-ups. Uh, Urbanzik got the best of him. The next at bat, he caught him guessing, looking for a change-up again, uh, a 3-2 count, uh, threw a fastball and caught him looking there. Uh, and then Sparks rolled over one later in the game. But just the way Sparks tracks the ball in center field, his arm, his athleticism, uh, I think it's probably going to be above average speed as well down the line and how it plays defensively and offensively. But he looks like he's got a chance to hit. I think he's going to be a guy that D1 programs really um, take a closer look at this summer. But Urbanzik, once he settled in and got the slider going, he, he got some good feel for that, 76, 77 miles an hour. Uh, he retired 15 straight guys to end the game. Uh, he ended up giving up two runs on five hits, struck out nine. Fastball was mostly 86, 89, hit, eight, uh, hit 90 a couple times. Slider 76, 77, changeup 75 to 77, had a ton of confidence in the changeup, uh, especially against lefties. And I think that he's, you know, he's got the makings of one of those physical workhorse type of starting pitchers. Uh, just the body's got some room to fill out, but he's already kind of a bigger guy, um, you know, big legs. I think as he fills out through the chest and the arms, uh, he's going to be a guy I think that, that's capable of throwing a lot of innings at Rice because he just kind of has that physical um, starting pitcher type of build once he um, kind of matures physically and things like that. But uh, Blake Binder up hit a home run. Uh, he's going to Texas A&M. Um, he'll probably try to be a two-way guy. I still think his future is on the mound. Uh, but he's had a, he had a really good season swinging the bat for College Station. I think he hit 10 homers uh, from them this year. Uh, Michael Elko, I didn't get to see him earlier this year. He was hurt when I last saw College Station, but he's been back um, going to Northwestern, doing his thing. He put the ball and play hard a couple of times. Uh, Blake Jones had a really, really hard double, but uh, it was Brenham that ended up winning, uh, excuse me, College Station ended up winning this game, but Brenham won in the deciding game three uh, to punch their ticket and move on. And um, that's just a really competitive team, really well-coached team. Um, I, I don't know who does their hitting there, but you can tell those guys one through nine, they, go, they have a plan. They don't have any fear at all in the batter's box. Um, and they really compete well. So I'm um, excited to go down there. That park is just a very classic high school yeah. park, um, the setting and things like that. But it was, it's cool to just get down there. Like I rolled in there about 30 minutes early and you couldn't find a parking spot anywhere. I had to park like 10 minutes away and walk in. Um, and it's just kind of, it's the first time I've had that sort of environment. It's like, oh, wow, like everybody is here. This is a destination type game um, for the city. And shout out to the, the dairy bar which is kind of the equivalent of like a Brenham top notch, I'd say just a really classic throwback burger place. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, had the, uh, the bacon cheeseburger with jalapenos and a side of okra, uh, a oh. very, very generous portion of okra for like two bucks. Uh, definitely left there satisfied. I would recommend stopping in there if you're in the area. Uh, it kind of takes you back in time a little bit to just one of those classic diner style burgers that was really, really solid. So um, all in all, a very successful trip down to Britain. Besides, there is just no getting video. Just like it, there are just too yeah. many people. <laughs> like this, this is one of the things you run into the playoffs sometimes. It's like it's there's so many people. It's like, okay, 
we're just going to have to take an L. Uh, got to sit way up higher with the radar gun and, uh, and watch the game from there. Yeah, well, I got to make I made my way over to Lovejoy and Lone Star. Um, and we we can confirm that Jack Livingstone is human. Um, this was the first time in a long time that I even saw him get a or have or give up a hit. <laughs> you know, it, it had been that since I guess three outings ago that I had seen him give up a hit. Um, but Lone Star just did a good job of just being kind of patient, making him work for it, getting up on the plate, had a couple of guys get hit by pitch. Um, and Jack wasn't bad by any means. Um, you know, I, I think he'd probably tell you it wasn't his best game, but, you know, you got to credit Lone Star for having a good attack plan against him and just uh, kind of grinding it out. Um, but Dom Reed hit a home run for Lone Star. Owen Peck, who's just, you know, been a known catalyst for the Lone Star team this year and as well as that Tiger team that he plays on in the summer. Um, Caleb Reynolds, uh, big third baseman going to Northeast. Um, man, I was really impressed with him. He was really physical, um, hit the ball hard a couple times. Teague Rewald uh, threw five innings, hit third, had a hit. Um, and then they brought in Tyler Bogus for uh, to close it down, get the last two uh, innings of the series. Um, and that's a that's a really big weapon to have out of the pen with him coming out of there. Um, he's just, you know, like we've talked about before, he's kind of a he's just a different look. Um, yeah. And just a, a tough at bat. But, man, he just went in there and shut it down. Um, and, you know, by that time, Lone Star had pulled away a little bit. But, you know, I, you could tell that they never let the foot off the gas. Um, they continued to play hard, run the bases really well, play small ball, um, and just, you know, found ways to create offense all up and down the lineup. And that's what you got to do against a big-time pitcher like Jack. But, um, you know, uh, Bennett Fryman, the A&M commit, he laid down a bun. I had him at 3-9-8 down the line. Wow. Um, and then he also had an infield single, and it was just kind of one of those nights for Lovejoy. Um, and obviously, I didn't make it to game one, but uh, I was really impressed by Lone Star. Um, you know, last time out, they faced our guy, Andrew Hickey, and who who was just kind of keeping him off balance for uh, Frisco Heritage, just kind of, you know, changing his looks, quick pitching, all that kind of stuff. And so this was my first time to look at, see them against a guy with big time stuff with Jack and um, they were impressive and they're going to have another test, uh, this week going up against Forney and yeah. opening. I, I'm, I think I'm going to go try and see, uh, the opening game with Dom Reed versus Aiden Sims. Wow. That's a matchup. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, you know, Dom sw swung the bat really well. Um, I think had two hits, a home run and a single, but looks good in the box was hitting four hole the other night, but really impressive, uh, game up and down the lineup for Lone Star. Um, and like I said, it just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Lovejoy's night. They, uh, you know, they, they got out to an early lead three to one in the first. And I think that was it. Uh, they didn't score anymore, but you could tell once they got down a little bit, they were pressing and that's normal. Um, mm -hmm. And, but man, it was fun to watch them play all year long. I got to see them quite a bit this year and that's a really good program. Um, you know, they have a, a great field, um, really cool venue. Uh, really good setup for development. You know, they've got some really nice cages, a nice field, obviously have good support from the fans um, and they've got a bright future. Um, you know, it was, 
I'm sure it's tough to see guys like um, Colby Branch and Jack Livingstone move on amongst some other guys, but mm. you know they have a they have a good core coming back. Um, you know they've got Aiden Smith returning next year. Uh, Kyle Branch is back, um, so they they've got a good little nucleus. Matt Baynard um, is returning. So they've got some, they're going to have a good lineup again next year, but it was a good series. Um, you know, I obviously Lone Star swept them, but um, those are two really good teams and Lone Star is obviously kind of uh, peaking at the right time because they've been impressive throughout the playoffs and they've got another big test with Forney this weekend. Yeah, that'll, that'll be uh that'll be one. If, if I'm assuming Reed and like you said, Reed and Sims match up, that'll be, Probably the premier pitching matchup in the state, I, I would imagine. I'm trying to think of who else is is left, but that would certainly be right, right up there with with anybody. But yeah, it's just you get to this time of the year and this this part of the playoffs, it's like, man, uh, there's going to be some really good teams that end up, yeah, going home just because of the yeah. matchups and, and just how loaded um, all these matchups are. And you kind of look across and um, some of the ones right now, I'm like, man, like there's so many teams left that are going to play each other that could that could easily win the state championship um you know Ridgepoint, for example knocking off Tompkins both those teams were extremely good in the Houston area and um Tompkins nationally ranked and um is now out just you know that's just kind of the nature of the beast um when when you get this deep into the playoffs but um yeah that Lovejoy team I, I was kind of like it was fun to follow them through y'all seeing them so often because you know yeah. I don't get a look at those Dallas teams very much especially when ice and snow ruins all the tournaments down here they're in a non-conference slate but um yeah you just it just seems like there's a lot of those programs where it just you know it's just going to keep going like i mentioned brendan earlier on like no matter who's in there like there's just something established where they're they're, they're going to keep winning again next year and some other guys some players will step up and it's just kind of just kind of that cycle that happens but um yeah that'll be an exciting exciting matchup for sure but um, my, my Saturday game watching turned into, um, sprinkle attendance slash entertaining Jack in a pool, which led to me holding him up and trying to dunk a basketball a lot, which is a, is a pretty good shoulder and arm workout. Yeah. Um, I was, I was definitely feeling it, um, feeling it the next day for sure. But, um, looking ahead, uh, any, any, wait, math- wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. We got to go back to my Saturday game. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I don't so, know if you went to a Saturday one or not. Yeah, my Saturday one was by far the wildest game I've been to this year. Oh, um, yeah. I remember. Okay, yeah. I, I know this one now. Game three, Prosper and Coppell. Um, you know, I've seen Prosper a bunch, seen Coppell a bunch. And, man, that was a powerhouse matchup. And it lived up to the billing. Um we had a 2-1 game going into the bottom of the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, leadoff hitter that with Davenport in the game for Prosper, they brought him back to throw on Saturday. And first batter gets hit by pitch, and they call him back. So the Coppell side is going crazy. I was right? going to say, I'm sure so, there's no reaction to I mean, the stands. Uh, Oh, it was, it was one of those ones where coach Howard was allowed to get his money's worth. And I think, I think the umpire may have known that it was a, um, I don't know if you want to call it miss call, but let's just call it a miss call for mm-hmm. sake of uh, saving time. Uh, but I think he knew that 
there was nothing that coach Howard could say that he could toss him for at that point. Um, and so coach Howard got after him a little bit um, and rightfully so, but, you know, ultimately it didn't end up being a huge factor because Carter Fields ended up walking. Um, so they bunted or TJ Pompey bunted uh, Fields up to second. And then our five tool academic guy, Andrew Nestor, came up with his second big hit of the game with the um, <clears throat> tying run. And there was a play at the plate and catcher just didn't hold on to the ball. Um, so they scored the tying run. Uh, Nestor made it to second. They intentionally walked Walker Polk. Um, and then they struck out Landry Fee for the second out. But on strike three, tried to back pick the runner at first and threw it into right field. And Nestor scored from second to end Oh, it. Wow. It was a wild ending, but like I said, one of the best games of the year. Um, two really, really good teams, two really well-coached teams mm-hmm. um, with a lot of guys that are going to play at the next level and then a lot of role guys. Like our guy, uh, Brody Bushi, um, leadoff hitter for Prosper, just hit a massive bomb um, for for Prosper um, at one point to left field. Um it was, there was a big, big moment in the first prosper had runners on second and third and no outs. Um, and Landry fee who started and threw the first two innings got out of it unscathed. Um, and, uh, then will Boylan came in and threw the next five innings, um, and only gave up two runs over that. But, you know, we talk about, we talk about the star guys making big plays. Um, that happened again in that game. Um, you had guys like, you know, Nestor, who's been a huge player for Coppell, come up big um, with two big hits. Uh, Walker Polk hit a double, they intentionally walked him in that last inning. But Landry Fee through um, through the first two, like we said, had an RBI in the first. Uh, let's see who else we got. Um, on the Prosper side, uh, Luke Billings started and was good. Um, he had a really good breaking ball. Um, and then they went, uh, then they went to Davenport to close it out at the end and just pitch, pitch fine, you know, yeah. really only gave up one hit and, um, you know, but in playoff games like that, those one run games are, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can look back to if you're either team and say, man, like, you know, if I could have just done this or that, it could have been the difference. And that's why these playoff games are so fun, but it's going to be a, a really good matchup. Um, you know, you got, you got Coppell and Southlake going at it this week. That's going to be a, um, that's going to be a big time, a big time showdown. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who wins that, um, you know, teams that are very familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing their series at, at DBU. Um, looks like all three games are at DBU, but man, I just like the way Coppell plays, um, you know, on paper, are they as talented as some teams they play against? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but man, like they never blinked. You know, there was a bunch of chances in that game for Prosper to kind of break the game open or take the lead and kind of extend. But man, they just they just make big pitch after big pitch, big play after big play. Um, and you can just tell they're not rattled. And a lot yeah. of that comes from having a guy like Will Boylan on the mound. Like he mm-hmm. he reminds me a lot of Chase Sugar. Okay. Just kind of, you know, a tough, you know, I don't want to say undersized, but he's not the biggest. I mean, he's he's nowhere near like a size of like a Lucas Davenport or something yeah. like that. But man, he can pitch 
he's competitive and he doesn't give in. He just doesn't. And that's kind of what, what the whole attitude of that Coppell seems team seems like. They don't ever seem to get uh, too up or too down. And, you know, I, I think they're a team that just feels like they're going to be in it till the last out is made. Right. And they just, they just battle and they're just a tough, scrappy team. And their coach Howard does a really good job with that group. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, I mean, to make it this far. Yeah. You, you've, those are the ways you got to win games oftentimes in these playoff scenarios, but yeah, they're going to, they're going to be tested again. Like you said, by South Lake. Um, I don't know how many runs are going to be scored in that, in that series. It's, you know, there's, there's an opportunity that on the mound, it's, it's uh, you're going to have a lot of, a lot of good pitchers throwing a lot of quality strikes in that sort of scenario. Cause I know South Lake's been, been getting a lot of good stuff on the, on the mound right now, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, so we say all the time is it, often it's, you know, can you play catch and get your outs on time and, and do those sorts of little things and just figure out ways to win games. And that sounds like that's what Coppell did. And um, they move on as one of the last four teams standing in, in 6A Region 1 and face up against South Lake Carroll. And then whoever wins that one plays the winner of Keller and, and uh, Flower Mound Marcus. So um, Keller going to handle their business, you know, in, uh, in Midland. Um, against Chase Shores and company. So the um, that Keller team, I saw them during the freezing ice weekend. Um, and they were, they, were, they were really talented, but they were young. You could tell they just needed reps. Um, it seems like they, they've got that experience and they're playing well um, at the right time. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Take your pick of all the great matchups that are coming up um, this, this week. Um, we saw that uh, you mentioned Livingstone actually giving up a hit. Um, Justin Lampkin was actually human too. He gave up a couple runs. The first ones of the year, right? Yeah, still struck out 16 guys, but um, he did give up a couple runs. And uh, they're, they're going to be facing off now against Bernie, who – despite the loss of Cole Phillips, has just been a machine yeah. so far. Like, this like we said, like what – I mean – Obviously, Bernie is loaded and has plenty of other talent, but like, can you imagine what that oh, Cole geez. Phillips, Justin Lampkin matchup would look uh, like? Yeah, I mean, it would it just be standing room only. It might still be standing room only, but um, it, it Cal Allen will be, pack the place. Yeah, they, like yeah. that's just they, what they, they do. Yeah, they'll certainly travel for sure. I mentioned how Brenham; it's a baseball town. You know, Cal Allen and in Corpus Christi and in that area is it's huge when it comes to baseball, but. Um, looking forward to that matchup. Um, you know, Bernie's got a couple of guys have been really swinging it all year long and, and they're 32 and three, um, even with the loss of, of Cole Phillips that's, earlier this that's year. Crazy. Yeah. So they're, you know, they, they'd be sitting there at the best record, I think in four a, if not for Sinton, who's 32 and one and our, our boy, uh, our guy, Jaquay Stewart just keeps it rolling. I think he hit a walk grand slam to complete a run rule victory and was on the mound doing everything. And, uh, um, Renee Galvan hitting balls over the batter's eye and, and they're just, they're keeping it rolling, um, right now as well. But, you know, six A, I mentioned some of the matchups, like you get some of those Dallas and, and Houston area teams match up in region two with Rockwall and the Woodlands and then Rockwall Heath and, in Oak Ridge. And then down in region three, you've got Houston teams battling with Ridgepoint and Pearland. Um, that Pearland, uh, Kane Ferraro, a guy that we've talked about before, uh, that yeah. we wrote about before the season, uh, a junior for Pearland, two-way guy. I mean, he's, I think he's up to seven homers. Um, really been swinging the bat well. I think he had a two-homer game in their in their last playoff series. Um, just a really skilled player. Um, I think that's a that's a sneaky good get for Texas A&M. 
Um, but then we know Ridgepoint is low with Justin Bossos and, and those guys. They could really, really hit. Um, Katie and straight Jesuit. My guy Lucas Moore for Katie just keeps putting putting up zeros for them. But I just everywhere you look, it's just a lot of loaded matchups. Um, you know, fortunately for me, I get a I get I do get some home games with with the Rockwall and in the Woodland series being at Concordia University um in Austin. Um yeah. be nice because I like you know, you guys have seen Rockwall and I'll get a chance to get some fresh eyes on them and um Reebok and Braden Randall and, and, and Mac Rose and all those guys. It'll be fun to watch them compete against the Woodlands who um really been throwing well. Tyler Sanceri, uh, uncommitted junior, I think he's still uncommitted. Um, Ethan Cornell, Braden Sharp. I mean, they've they've got some arms on that Woodland staff for sure. So that'll be a fun matchup to uh, to get some eyes on later this week. Yeah, no, I know that'll be. You know, I'll be jealous of you getting to see that series. Um, obviously, the Homer, the Homer and me. Uh, yeah, it's it's know, it's gonna kill it's gonna, you. You're gonna be texting me for updates. I know. I'm just gonna have you live stream it on your phone <laughs> the whole time. So, yeah. So, yeah, well, so it's a big deal. Like, apparently, like, in these playoff series or, or just any road games, the schools that typically provide video for all the games, like, I guess some of the places don't let them video. So I really? just saw on Twitter that they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to uh, broadcast the uh, video. So it's only radio. Huh. Um, but I know Coach Tally will be down there running the show on the on the radio. But, yeah, no, it's a – That'll be that'll be a fun series. There's some big time talent in that, and I'm excited for you to get a chance to see the Rockwall guys. And yeah, see your thoughts on them. But I know they'll play hard. Coach Rose will have them ready, so that'll be a fun series. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good one. Yeah, I mean, looking down in in five A with mentioned Brenham, they're playing Friendswood, who's always really really good. Lake Creek keeps keeps chugging along there with with uh, Shane Sadeal and those guys, and then. Um, Georgetown, I think Reese Bell had a walk-off hit for them to punch their ticket to the next round. Tony, that that guy, you know, he's he's committed to Arkansas Tech. Don't be shocked if in like in two years, like, oh my gosh, Reese Bell is hitting 360 with slugging percentage in Arkansas Tech. And um, he's just got I remember seeing him in the summer. He's son of Heath Bell. Another mm-hmm. uh, reminder that we're getting old. Like we're talking <laughs> about all these sons of, of big leaguers that we watched. Um and you could tell like there was some skill there, but man, he's, he's gotten a lot better as a hitter. Um, even since then, it's just been a big part of, of Georgetown success. Just another one of those programs that figures out ways to win games, but they'll be tested this week uh, by Corpus Christi, Ray, Jack Bell, and those guys are going to roll in there 34 and four. Um, mm. So that's, that's one I'm hoping that kind of works out schedule wise and, and get some eyes on that one too, because um, Georgetown's always fun to watch, but I, I'd love to get an opportunity to see Ray Um playing uh playing this postseason for sure but um yeah a lot of exciting stuff a lot of big time matchups as uh we get one week closer to um the state tournament i mean everybody left is, is definitely earned it um no easy passes for sure and uh, a lot of really good matchups and potentially a lot of really good um pitching matchups as well which i know we get really excited about trying to make our schedule around but um speaking of matchups have you taken a a, a look at the projected um college baseball tournament field oh yeah yeah so it's, it's, uh, is, it, it, it's uh it's that time of year where i i used to like project the entire bracket poor sukamel like had to do the uh the um editing behind the <laughs> scenes and like the coding like 
our old rival software was so archaic and I was just so gung ho, like I'm going to project the entire field at 64. And luckily I stopped doing that after like two years, but um, maybe <laughs> it's just me. I don't know if we get caught up in the moment every year. We're like, Oh yeah, this is the most wide open it's been, but it's, it feels like a lot of hosting sites are up for grabs. Yeah, no, there's there's still a lot to be proved over this weekend of the conference tournaments, I think, for sure. Yeah, especially so the think, Big think, 12. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. Like, you know, Pat, once you get past, like, Tennessee and, you know, up until this past weekend, kind of Oregon State, there it was a lot of just blah. Or, you yeah. know, just teams that were the same. And they were all up and down just riding the roller coaster. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up with some of the hosts and you're going to see a lot more regionals that I think are dependent on the matchups and who ends up going where, Mm -hmm. um, I think just thinking about a couple of the teams, I could see them winning a regional easy, or I could see them going zero and two, just depending upon what matchups they face Yeah, and matchups and ballparks too. Um, there's definitely some teams that have different styles of play and where they go. I mean, if they're a big home run hitting team, if they go to the wrong park with the wind blowing the wrong direction or just a place that doesn't, you know, play as small as parks that they've played in across the season, then, you know, that that could be a huge deciding factor, but I think you're right. I think there's a lot more, you know, quote unquote surprises slash upsets that are going to be in store this year. Uh, Just looking at the field, um, there's a few, uh, one regional that really stuck out to me is TCU hosting as the 14th overall seed. Um, got McNate, McNeese oh, in the fourth God, seed. Yeah. Then you got Texas State and Dallas Baptist in the 2 3 matchup. That region is a death. If that, if yeah, that, that is, that is a tough, tough region. Um, Dallas Baptist is 11th in RPI right now. Yeah. So I don't, think that that's a very you know i i can't imagine that tcu would t- be too thrilled with that draw but i think you know i think they've get they're starting to get some more some that they've got some of their pitching back and healthy mm-hmm. and all that and you know congrats to kirk sarlos for winning the big 12 in his first season of yeah how about that that's a that's a heck yeah. of an accomplishment for for him and his staff um you know th- you know and, and on the flip side of that too with jim schlossing and those guys did win in the sec yeah. west in their first year at a&m like hats off to, to both those coaching staffs for the the job they did winning their uh win their respective conferences or their divisions um yeah i think it's 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 i, I think you know you can make a case of tcu heading this year like hey they were going to be a, a big 12 contender maybe not yeah the first team on paper maybe not the second team with oklahoma state but you Okay, hey, they won the conference. Yeah, it's not shocking. What AM did is shocking, you know, like what they yes. did with their roster and elevating and those guys and putting it all together and things like that. Uh, so a heck of an accomplishment for both those those coaching staffs. But yeah, that Fort Worth region would just be the region of death. I mean, Texas State, like, could they host? I mean, like, they have as good a case as a lot of people on here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of I'm I'm, I know their RPI sitting today, I believe, is at 26. But I saw yeah. that crazy stat that they didn't lose a conference road game this year. Hey, maybe they want to go. Maybe they yeah, want to go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're so good on the road, they don't they don't mind. But um, speaking of coaching staff that did a fantastic job, those guys down in San Marcos, I mean, to yeah. just do what they did 
yeah i like not lose a road game in conference play that's that's wild and that's that's to me what's so fascinating about this as we head into the conference tournament weekends is all the teams in this region and as you know geography plays into the seeding thing like you can't have you're not going to have like nine hosts from texas or oklahoma you're just not like right there's going to be some in the west there's definitely going to be a lot of some in the the southeast there's going to be some on the acc coast um shout out to our guy rob vaughn maryland the job they did i mean one of the big 12 big 10 for the first time i mean they're a lot to be a host with the work that they've done there and the, you know, maybe there's going to be another host up in, in that neck of the woods as well. But, um, but if you look at all the teams in Texas and Oklahoma, and even if you want to throw Arkansas and LSU into the mix of this, this region that have hosting capability, I mean, Oklahoma state, Texas, A&M, TCU, Texas state, um, Texas, I think is still in that mix as well. Um, I mean, you just go down the list. There's so many teams in this region, Texas tech, um, was projected to be a host before this this past weekend. Um, there's just so many teams that could end up hosting. Like that's why I think you know usually roll into the Big 12 tournament. It's like, ah, eh, get your pitching right if you win some games, so be it. But now because of the way the regular season ended, there's just not there wasn't much separation in the win loss column in the regular season. There's a lot to play for this weekend in the S- I mean, in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, there really is. It's going to be interesting. And again, like you know, we talked about like with the regionals, the matchups are really important as much as I can remember um, in the big 12 tournament, but the, the conference tournaments are a weird animal um, because you got some teams that are desperate to, to make the postseason. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times you see them outplay some of the teams that kind of know where they're slotted, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, know they've got a host locked up or know they've got a top eight seed locked up. I mean, some of the the best teams that we ever had teams that won the conference went to and out when I was at Texas, but then we had teams that were desperate to make the postseason that won the big 12 tournament because mm-hmm. you had to. Yep. So there's a lot of, there's the conference tournaments are just always weird. And there are times like I would never advocate for not winning ever. Um, but a lot, a lot of times, I think coaches, if you gave them the true serum, would tell you that like they're not all that mad if they don't make it all the way to the end because right. it's taxing. It can be taxing mm-hmm. if you get in the loser's bracket or you know you can end up playing more games in a week than you usually do. And some people aren't <clears throat> all that thrilled about that going into a regional weekend. Um, so you know, it's it's just you know the way we always approached it. It was just you know we had. You know, Augie always liked to say there was five seasons within a season. You had non-conference, conference, conference tournament, <clears throat> regional, super regional, and the World Series. So I guess six seasons within a season. Um, and you know, it's just let's kinda... be honest, he didn't really count the turn the conference tournaments a season. <laughs> Some years you had to. Some years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one year, where was it with with Chase Pereira had the big knock? I think what was that 13 or 14? Like, yeah, it, yeah. it was a season that year. Yeah, no, that was no, that was well, we had to win it in 15. 15, that's what it was. It, yeah, yeah. To make it, yeah. So that was yeah, that's never a good feeling. Or and that game, if you remember almost got rained out Mm -hmm. during the game. Like I felt like the lightning was like circling that eight mile radius the entire time because, and the bad thing was we had to win to get into the big tournament had to, to. but if they would have called the game, 
we wouldn't have won, even though we were winning um, <clears throat> because the team it, uh, the, with the higher seed would have been the automatic birth. Yeah. And so if we hadn't finished that game, we, we wouldn't have made the postseason that year. So it's wild. You'll, you know, you always see some crazy stuff happen in these tournaments. Um, I think the two main things for a lot of teams is to kind of get in and get out healthy and yeah. not have anything happen. That's going to affect the regionals. Um, but yeah, it, it, they're, they're their own animal and they're they're They can be fun and definitely entertaining because a lot of times you'll see some guys get in on the mound that don't get to pitch as much. Um, and just, you know, Hey, maybe you figure out that this guy can handle some high pressure situations and he helps propel you on a run in the postseason. Yeah. We've seen that too. So, um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. I'm going, I think I'm going to go tomorrow morning, uh, for the games. Um, I know I'll see Texas and Oklahoma state and probably the noon game as well. They're going to appreciate having a roof option for sure. Cause I saw the sec tournament was already in the rain delay. It's first game. Yeah. And just like, I mean, that just can, weather can kind of create chaos for, for those tournaments. But uh, yeah, as, you know, from a Texas perspective, they've got, they could have two potentially great opportunities early on with, you know, they're playing Oklahoma state in game one. And then if you project, you don't have to go on a limb to project TCU to win its one eight matchup. And then you're sitting there with an opportunity to play TCU. You, you, you win those first two games you're over 40 wins already from a total standpoint. You've got two more really good RPI wins. All of a sudden, you're kind of played yourself back into the hosting mix, I would think, because uh, you're probably talking about a top 20 RPI at that point, and you know who knows what happens from there. But uh, there's just like I can't recall, like especially for this region, you know, the Big 12 tournament having not like in or out implications, but like jockeying for regional host implications just because the league was there just wasn't much separation um throughout the league this year and like we've like you said earlier and like we've talked about before that's just kind of the way college baseball was this year besides tennessee and oregon state to an extent and then maryland running away um with the big 10 but uh yeah i just whatever happens with the bracket i think we're going to look at it and we're going to say yeah like the over under for the amount of hosts that end up making Omaha is probably gonna be pretty low. Like you're probably going to want to take the under on that just because they're, they're going to be a lot of two seeds that are just as good as the, a lot of the hosts. And even like, I mean, that's crazy to me that Dallas Baptist could be a three, like that's a really good team with a really good RPI. Um, good luck. If you get that, like Florida state is a three in, in the Auburn region, like, Clemson is a three, Arizona is a three, like that's Ole Miss, like, you know, the Law Tech Bulldog is a three. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, it's a lot of really, really, it's going to be chaotic uh, for sure. But yeah, it's always a fun time of year. It's the first time I've ever followed it from afar and not been smack dab in the middle of, you know, what's going on, projections and RPI and, and this and that and everything else. But I will say fans, like some fans will probably look at RPI and things like that, like, Conference standing ends up mattering a lot in these in these situations. Um, geography, as you said, always plays a role because you've got to, as best speaking, you can, try to make it. Speaking of geography, there. It, it can we get a, a can we get one year? Just I just want one year where there's no 
Miami, Florida, or Florida no, State matchup. Yeah. yeah. Every single year, I, I feel like Miami plays Florida or Florida State. I mean, I get yeah. it, but like, yeah. I mean, eh. yeah. Uh, yeah. The Coral Gables projection Miami's a one, Florida's a two. <laughs> Florida eight, I mean, four. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it'd be, it'd be nice. It's just the bummer is like, it's hard to send those teams to the West. You know, but you can send them central or, or something like that. That's why I kind of always like the, the the Texas area because sometimes you'd get the the West Coast team as as a super regional matchup or maybe even a potential two or or something like that. But yeah, it, it does get redundant from the geography standpoint. But like when when fans start thinking about projection, you have to keep that in mind. Like they're going to try to make it as fair, but also as geographically balanced as possible so they're not sending these teams flying all over the country um and all that sort of stuff but um yeah it's uh it's going to be a wide open it's going to be chaotic it's uh, a lot of teams on paper that are that are pretty even and a lot part of that too is there's just not many dominant pitching staffs in the country this isn't you know besides the tennessees and a couple other um not a lot of teams that have those those aces that are going to roll in there and just dominate um in a couple of regional matchups and punch their ticket to go to the to the super regional, but um, that'll be a lot of fun to follow that. And a lot of fun to keep following this, this uh, Texas high school baseball playoff bracket as those teams get closer and closer um, to the state tournament. And we get closer and closer to uh, our summer schedule uh, when things get really rocking and rolling. And we've got a tournament up here this weekend. Yeah. I was spending some time kind of trying to map out uh, our, our big events in the summer and things like that. And uh, yeah, once June hits, it's bam, 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 bam. And, um kind of slows down in august but then august is is also area code as well so uh a lot of baseball and we'll blink and it'll be september and everybody will be catching their breath again um after a sunburned and uh summer with a lot of hours at the ballpark but uh thanks for tuning in and listening again if you can follow the five tool podcast not just five tool the five tool podcast on instagram and on twitter at five tool pod and of course, make sure you're following all of our, our five tool pages on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're all over the place doing our best to keep you um, keep your finger on the, the pulse of what's happening on the amateur baseball side, not just in Texas. I mean, I'm doing some great coverage out in Arizona, California, um, doing some stuff in Colorado, Oklahoma. I mean, it just seems like every year we expand our reach a little bit more to help kind of shine a light on what's going on at the amateur side of baseball and uh um, not only give you a glimpse of what the best guys look like, but also to um, give some guys some love that they can keep on playing at the next level and get those opportunities and things like that. Um, so make sure you're tuning into that. Uh, you got anything else? You done? Wrap this sucker up? Uh, not much. I'm just excited for more baseball. We uh, we will really get going this weekend and our our schedules get turned upside down with the, all of our events going on. So we've been doing that, been planning for the collegiate league. We're doing a big DISD all-star game up here uh, that we're helping host. So that'll be fun sometime in June. Um, so got a lot on the horizon, uh, a lot of baseball. So there's never, never a bad day when you're at a baseball field. So. No, no. As long as it doesn't lightning and rain, um, everything else is, is fine. It's a good yeah. day at the park, but Uh, Well, thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a good week. We will talk to you later this week uh, after uh, after a playoff game on on Thursday, you know, weather permitting. 
Um, but hopefully we'll talk to you guys and share some results from around the state. But until then, have a great week. Until we talk to you next time, take care.